The interesting thing about life is that it is pretty unpredictable. Well, I think, in my opinion at least, this is what makes it interesting. This is what spices things up, and I guess without those additional or unexpected or unprecedented events, we, well, life won't be as interesting as we think it would. I mean, uh, yes, when you have things going the wrong way, you end up being stressed or overwhelmed, but then you learn, you slowly learn how to deal and cope with those um, with those bumps or obstacles in life. And well, one of the interesting quotes that I've read once on the internet was, life is a bumpy road, you just need to learn how to drive on it. And joining me today for this episode is someone who definitely had a difficult life. It wasn't that smooth or easy for him, but he managed to find a way to pick himself up no matter no matter what and basically show up every single day and do the thing that he loves he found his purpose he found the thing that he is interested in but he did that in a very very difficult way and from our conversations i can tell you that i've managed to pick more than one life lesson over there whether it was money does not mean everything money does not equal happiness to how to find your purpose and how to go on in this world and find the thing that you love and uh, the thing that you are passionate about. Please welcome Kevin Palmieri. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing very well, Faisal. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to chat. Nah, anytime. I'm, I'm excited to meet new people always. I love you it. Have that. You have that deep podcasting radio voice. Has anybody ever told you that before? Yes, which is one of the reasons why I started doing a podcast. Yeah, makes sense. Unfortunately, I don't have the best, um, let's say, audio mix or audio quality. So I need, I definitely need a new mic, mm. and I need one of those headsets that you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to send you. I'll send you the mic that I'd suggest, and I can send you a link for these too if you want. And do you hook them up to a special mixer? Yeah, so I can not only can I hear you, but I can hear myself in the mic, which helps to make sure that we, you know what happened? And this is kind of a lesson for life. We recorded this really awesome episode with a really big guest. My co-host accidentally disconnected his microphone. And mm. when we were listening to the audio recording after, we couldn't hear anything he said. If we had headphones plugged in, he would have known that he disconnected his mic because he wouldn't have been able to hear himself. So we took that massive pain and we tried to to use it to avoid that again in the future. And here we are. And how does it feel listening to yourself while you're trying to like convey ideas? For me, I think it's normal at this point because I've probably done it for, oh man, probably like 600 episodes. Wow. So okay. yeah, for me, it's pretty normal. And it's re honestly, it's weird for me not to be able to hear myself when I'm talking into the camera. So I think <laughs> it's probably more my normal than than the other way at this point, yeah. What was it like the first time? You must have stuttered or lost track of your thoughts. So the first time I ever did it, I think we were already like 300 episodes in. So I had already mm. spoken into the camera so many times mm -hmm. where it didn't really, yeah, it didn't really affect me. But I, for me, it's very much, I don't know. I, part of it's like the mindset thing of I feel like I feel more like a professional. You know, like... Yeah. I, I consider myself, I identify as a podcaster first. I'm a podcaster. I'm a speaker. I'm a coach. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. But 
I'm a podcaster. That's where this that's where all this started for me. So I want to I want to feel the part, I want to look the part, I want to be the part. So how did it start for you? That's that's the question. Yeah. So <laughs> I I had a successful career. I was in the weatherization industry. All weatherization is is you go into a building and you make it more energy efficient. So whether you're working on the doors, the windows, you're working in the attic, whatever it may be. And I ended up making $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. And I was like, this is, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to be happy. This is going to be the future for me. And after I made the $100,000, I remember opening up that pay stub and realizing I'm no happier. I'm no more fulfilled. Nothing internally has changed. I'm still insecure. I'm still anxious. I'm still depressed. So I realized that in that moment, for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. I've just been kind of going through the motions. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. I decided to start a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And that was that was the beginning for me. There was no goal of making money. There was no goal of turning it into a business. My only goal was, like we're doing right now, to have deep conversations with people about what they were afraid of, what they were excited for, what they wanted their futures to look like, what they didn't like about their pasts. It just mm. came from a place of curiosity. And another piece of that, I was interviewed on a show and it was like an hour and a half long. And I said to one of my friends at the end, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. Like, Imagine if you could just talk into a microphone with people that you liked, how cool would that be? And he said, well, there's people out there that do it. So it was the mix of those two things, me finding success and realizing that wasn't success, as well as learning that there was another opportunity. Those two mixed really nicely, and I started myself a little podcast. Wow, that's actually a very interesting story. <laughs> Way better than mine, to be honest. I, <laughs> I started the podcast just because I think at university, I started listening to episodes, and one of the first people I've listened to was Joe Rogan. I mean, of course. He's the man yep. he's known for his podcasts and over time it started keeping me company and until this day i sometimes listen to it while i work because it just feels even though i'm not focusing which is bad but at the same time this background noise keeps me company while working and that somehow makes me more focused it's mm -hmm. a weird uh, it's a weird how this thing works out I'm not sure. Like most people like to work in silence. I like it mm -hmm. when there's when there's noise. And then over time, multiple people told me, oh, you have the voice for radio. You have the voice for radio. So I was like, what else would be better than actually doing or starting my own podcast? That way I would have a little project on my own. Um, I would know what it feels like to lead the project, be uh, responsible for all the decisions and the outcomes. And afterwards, I thought, okay, this is going to be, this is also going to give me some experience in areas outside my field of work. Cause I knew if I, um, if I only had my job, which is working as a software engineer, I wouldn't have the motivation, let's say, mm. uh, to go out and search for more information. And that way, with the podcast, having the ability to meet new people, learn from their experiences, and doing a little bit of research beforehand, it gives me, let's say, more, uh, or it makes me better prepared for the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was going to ask you if it's okay to explain why were you having these negative emotions? Mm. 
Yeah, I you know, it's interesting. I don't think I ever really worked on myself. I never took a a intrinsic view of who I was. Like I never looked inward and said, "Who is Kevin?" Not what car does Kevin drive, not how much weight can Kevin lift, not what does Kevin's girlfriend look like. What does Kevin actually care about? What does he feel? What are his fears? And I think part of it for me is I grew up in a family that wasn't normal. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. I think part of the anger I had, part of the um, the unknown pieces of me were probably from my childhood. So mm. I think that I assumed if I had more money, all my problems would go away. I really yeah. did. At a deep level, I believed... If I have enough money to just do whatever I want, nothing else is really going to matter. And I think the the problem with that is when I did get that amount of money, everything actually got worse. And I think of it this way. It's like you're out there looking for the key to open the door and you keep finding these keys and you're like, that's the one. No, that's not the one. That's the one. No, that's not the one. And eventually you find the key that you are convinced will open that door. And when it doesn't open the door, you actually become more hopeless. And that's what happened to me. I said, okay, I just had the best financial year of my life. What is going on here? So I think it was a a very heavy piece of awareness that hit me all at once. And on top of that, I was dealing with some depression. I was dealing with some anxiety, that that sort of stuff too. So that obviously didn't help the the mix. So why do you think it took that long for you to realize that uh, what you're doing is not who you want to be? Oh, I think that's the billion dollar question. Mm. I, In the grand scheme of things, and this is interesting, right? I don't think it took me that long because most other or many other people, you hear people say like, oh, I have a midlife crisis when I was 40 or 45. For me, it happened when I was 26. So all things considered, I don't think it actually took me that long. But I do think that I was seeing what other people had and I was assuming that that was the key to my own happiness. That's part of it. I think I was living with the social pressure of everybody else has nice things and they look happy. That was a big part of it. But I think the deepest part of it was I didn't really understand myself. I didn't know what motivated me. I didn't know my core values, my core beliefs, my core aspirations. I didn't know any of that because I had never said, what does Kevin actually want? Not does not what does Kevin want people to think he wants or think he has or assume he's successful. What do I actually want when I put my head down at night on the pillow and get ready to to go to sleep? What would actually fulfill me? So that I think that's the answer. I was chasing happiness. I now in retrospect realize that I wanted fulfillment. I believe happiness is results-based. If this interview goes well, I will be happy. Regardless of how this interview goes, I will be fulfilled afterwards because I am in the process of doing something in alignment with who I want to become. So I think that's it. It was a misunderstanding of what I actually wanted out of life, which meant I went and got what I thought I wanted and realized it wasn't it. So, I mean, how you said or you described what you had as a midlife crisis. Now, I, I hear about midlife crisis like a lot and a lot of people say that they've had it but i've never actually like read about it or went into depth regarding the subject so how would you describe a midlife crisis oh man for me at least it was 
questioning absolutely everything, asking myself, did I live the last 26 years of my life incorrectly? And if I don't change something drastically, what's going to happen? So what happened to me was I ended up sitting on the edge of a bed debating suicide. I wanted to, I was thinking of taking my own life because I was so far beyond uncertainty. I was so far beyond burnt out. I was just, I felt so stuck. I felt so trapped. Now, I don't think that's what it is for everybody, but I think people wake up one day and realize, oh my goodness, I've been living on autopilot for the last X amount of years. And it's this like mass awareness of, oh my God, everything has to change. Because if nothing changes, this is where I'm going to be 20 years from today. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to have experienced anything I want to experience. I think the the deepest level of, of it is it's a massive piece of awareness that happens too quickly. That's really what I think it is. And the thing is, I think most people live on autopilot. It's may, it mainly has to do with the way uh, life kind of works. I, I mean, I'm not sure how to explain it, but I feel like at a certain point in time, after you've uh, well established everything you have, and you kind of, or you reach that point in life where you're doing something kind of like routinishly, mm. um, making such changes when you have a lot of responsibilities, when you start having a family, kids, um, a hus uh, sorry, a husband or a wife, um, a, a partner, it becomes really difficult to make those drastic changes because it's going to change the dynamic of everything that's working around. And then all of your decisions um, are based on a lot of factors. There's a lot that, that's influencing your decision. So it's not like easy. Yeah. And uh, so I guess, how would you go around making that change without negatively affecting or impacting things that are around you? It's such a challenge because contextually, when I made this change, I didn't have a family and mm -hmm. I didn't have other people responsible for me. And I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, right? I wasn't responsible for other people's well-being. I think it all depends on the, the specifics of the situation. For me, I left a six-figure job and then I just started a, a new thing with no income. If you're the breadwinner of your family, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to really say, okay, I'm doing 100% of something I don't like and 0% of something I do. How do I start changing those numbers? So maybe it's for a while, you probably have to do 100% of what you don't like and 1% of what you do. And I always tell people this, there is some level of mud you're going to have to crawl through. So for me, the, the mud was going from making $100,000 to making $0. And then being very broke, not being able to pay my bills, going $35,000 into credit card debt. That was the mud for me, where somebody else's mud might be staying in a job you don't like for two years while you build up the thing that you do like. So I, I think it really depends on the specificity and the circumstances of the situation. And this is the other thing too. A lot of people give advice on this, but they've never experienced it. So I can't really give aligned advice for somebody who has three children and a $2,500 a month mortgage. I don't really know. 
transparently. I don't really know what the best choice is. I would say it's probably staying with your certainty while building up momentum in the other thing. I can't think of a better answer than that, but that's the mud for you. The mud is you're going to have to work one and a half times harder than somebody else. And at least you'll have the certainty circumstantially. Yeah, true. Um, but I guess it, at some point you have to make a risk. It's whether yeah. it's how risky this decision is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess in extreme conditions like the one you faced, whether you had a family or not, I think the, the best thing you would have done is actually make that change and go. And maybe you might have to struggle a little bit more, as you said, put in more effort. You might have to make some sacrifices, but I guess at that point when you reach a stage where you're feeling down and low yeah it's it's, it's difficult like it's, it's not that easy um, i know but I how know. did you maintain the motivation I, it's it's interesting because i didn't for me it's been more and i know it sounds cliche and cheesy but for me it's been more about inspiration than motivation when i started all this i wanted to help people that was it. it. There was no money involved. I didn't even know you could make money in the very beginning. I had no idea that you can make this into a business. For me, it was, it's never really been about me. And I think that's what keeps me going is when I was dead broke, I was still recording episodes trying to add value. Was I talking about money? No, because I didn't, I didn't have proof of concept and I didn't want to give advice based on something I didn't know yet. What kept me going was the fact that there are people listening to us and even when there was 15 people listening to us, those people were listening and we were helping them. And I felt that at a deep, deep, deep level. That's one part is I really feel like we were making a change in people's lives. Second part, I have a layer of built-in accountability that very few people have. I have a business partner. I have a co-host who has done over a thousand episodes with me at this point. So when I don't feel like doing it, he says, dude, come on, we got to go. When he doesn't feel like doing it, I say, come on, we got to go. Because we've always made it about the mission, not the men. That really is what it is. It's not about me. It's not about where I live. It's not about what my car is. I mean, I want nice things, of course, but that's not what it's about. It's about the mission. So that's an agreement I have with myself. Either I do what it takes to accomplish it, or I don't get the goal. And if I don't get the goal, I can't complain about it because that's on me. I know how to get it and I've been getting it. If I decide, you know what, I don't really want to work that hard today, that's on me and I have to live with that. So I think that's a part of it too, is I'm just, I try to be very honest with myself. Either you do what it takes to get the goal or you don't get the goal. And if I don't get the goal, I can't complain about it because I chose not to do it. Well, I think like at a certain point, um, you said, you've mentioned that your, your goal was to inspire others, to be mm -hmm. a source of uh, inspiration, but it's hard for a person to be focused on a particular task or goal when they themselves are struggling to keep themselves alive. Like I know when you're working for something that uh, maybe nourishes your soul, it's kind of a way for you to keep on going and it gives you this additional fuel to keep doing what you're doing regardless of the results. But, you know, sometimes you face certain issues in life and those issues act as a source of distraction and they're so strong that you can't focus on what you're doing that you start making irrational decisions now i personally haven't had the chance to experience like big distractions 
and learn how to cope with them. Of course, I've had some minor, but they were at a at an earlier stage in life. I'm I'm 22 now, 23. I'm still a bit young, you know. Certain decisions that I take, if I make mistakes, then so what? I can I can always pick it up again. Um, other people might not have that opportunity to to do this, um, but like. I guess what, what I'm trying to get at is those sources of distractions could be a huge setback. And how, how would you go on about dealing with those distractions? What, what did you do when you had major setbacks that put you down? And Yeah. It's, you know what the interesting thing is? And I've never really looked at it from this perspective. Have you ever met somebody who always works out no matter what? Even when they have a bad day, even when they're traveling, even when they can't find a gym, they find a way to get a workout in. Do you know you know somebody like that, right? Yeah. That's how we are with podcasting. That's why. Because mm. it's my it's who I am. It's it's literally who I am as a human being. I am a podcaster and I will do whatever it takes to make sure I don't miss. Mm. And for me, it's almost like a football player playing at the highest level, they might have a bad day. They might have stuff going on behind the scenes that nobody knows about, but they realize that it's their job to show up and add value to their team. That's how seriously we take it where, I mean, yeah, we've, I've moved a couple times. I've gone through hard breakups. I've been very broke. Um, I've been sick, whatever it is, but it's always, that's just par for the course. Th that's the level that I identify with the podcast. It's the same way as when I was a fitness competitor I traveled for 10 months out of the year. I was living in hotels for 10 months out of the year, but I never missed my workouts. No matter where I was, I found a gym because that's I am the fitness guy that works here. I am the athletic one. I am the podcaster. And the other part of it is we, I, we have identities of consistent human beings. I've been saying this since the beginning. We won't miss. I, I, we will not miss an episode. It's, it's a non-negotiable. So I just think it's one of those things where it's it's a non-negotiable. It's something that we take very seriously, and it is ingrained in who I am as a human being at this point. So I don't even think of the possibility of missing. It's not even an option. Like I get, I don't know if that'll land, but if if Alan, my co-host, called me and said, "Hey, I'm sick. I can't do an episode." That's fine. I got you, man. Like, don't worry about it. We're not going to miss. If I called him and said, hey, I'm in the hospital. I broke my leg. I can't do an episode. He'll record an episode. Worst case scenario, I'll record an episode on my phone in the hospital and send it to him. That's, I guess that's just when you're playing to, to have the most successful podcast you can, you just have to make decisions differently. Mm. So what, what do you call this uh, when you're in, th in the zone and it's something that you, you do for fun? What, what was it called? I think that's the state that you've reached. This, oh, the state of flow. Yes. That's what I call it, right? Yep. So podcasting for you, it puts you in a state of flow. You're doing something, you're enjoying it. It doesn't matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. It's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's mm. I, I lose track of things. Like, I like you and I, I'll have to look at the clock a couple times to make sure I know what time it is, but... There's very else. There's very little else going on in mm. my mind. It's just very much like this, and that's why I like having the camera on, even if we're not going to use it, because it's different. You and I are looking at each other. I can see you smile. I can see you get curious. It's just yeah. you and I right now. That's it. That's all there is, really. Yeah, it's it's more interactive. I've I've made a couple without any 
camera and it just feels it feels different i'm always yeah. distracted i get easily distracted it's not Same. because i'm not having fun but i just fidget around a lot and mm. i'm trying to stop myself because when i do fidget i usually um, bite my nails which is a very bad habit mm. and it reached a point where i'm doing it too much that it it, it hurts sometimes been there uh, <laughs> so uh yeah when i'm with a person i'm either looking down writing some notes um just to keep keep in my mind while we're talking and get back to it later or i'm just looking directly at the person mm. um so it seems to me like you found your purpose if that's what uh, we could call it the thing is that what i want to know is what did you do to find your purpose did you just try random things that you thought might be interesting or did you try and you know meditate to know who you are to know a little bit more about yourself which is something i think a lot of people don't have the time to like no one nowadays ha has the time or at least thinks they have the time mm. to sit down reflect see what changes uh, reflect on their day see what effect that has on them and over the years realize who they became and who they want to be in the future I think that people have a misunderstanding when it comes to purpose, because I think people assume that they have to go look out externally, where I believe most of our purpose comes from our past. I really believe that at a deep level. So how did I find mine? I tried to look back and connect some dots. So when I, and I'll try to connect them here. When So I used to drive a truck. I drove a truck and I used to deliver building supplies. And I loved it because I was sitting in the truck all day by myself. I made my own schedule. Like for the most part, I could go to this building where I wanted. And it was awesome. But I used to listen to talk radio. I used to listen to a morning show and I used to listen to a sports talk radio. And I used to think to myself, imagine, and now think of this, imagine if you could talk into the microphone for four hours a day and that was your job. Imagine how cool that would be. Okay. Put that there. I used to quite literally coach people over Snapchat. Long before I was ever a coach, I used to have people who would reach out to me with relationship advice. There was a girl I was dating who we ended up breaking up and she used to message me and ask me advice for her new relationship. This was like an ex-partner of mine. She used to say, hey, my boyfriend's been distant with this. Like, What do you suggest? So, okay, connect that. I love helping people. I've always loved helping people. Now, if you think back to your childhood, and for me, when I think back to the fact that I believe if there was personal development in my childhood, my life would have looked drastically different. Maybe my father would have stayed if he was somebody who had practiced self-improvement, focused on self-awareness. Okay, that's why I'm so focused on helping people raise their awareness. What really helped me connect all this my business partner and I were at the airport and we were getting ready to fly down to Florida for an event. And there was this couple, it was a, a man and a woman and three children. And the, the woman in the relationship was trying to take care of the three kids and she was trying to feed them. And at the airport, obviously that's a nightmare. The kids were knocking the food all over the place and they were spilling their food everywhere. And the dad staggers over I assume it's the dad. I, I, I guess I'm making assumptions, but the man that was there with them staggered over and he was like hammered. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. The, 
the man literally dragged one of the children across the floor in the airport, like dragged him across the floor in the airport. And Alan and I got so triggered. Like, I want to get up and fight this person. Like, I'm so bothered by this. And we were literally crying in the airport, Alan and I. That is what I'm trying to, to help fix in the world. Maybe that guy didn't have the opportunity to work on himself. Or maybe he never realized, you know what, if I was more aware of how my decisions were affecting my children or these children, I wouldn't make them. That really helped me understand part of my purpose is to get rid of the ego that hurts so many people. Okay, cool. Let me connect that. Our listeners are predominantly women or humans who identify as women because they've seen a lot of toxic masculinity. They're trying to avoid it. And we try our best to make sure there's never any of that. All of that, it comes from the past. None of that was me going out looking externally. I was somebody who grew up and I wish there was more self-improvement in the world. I can bring that to the world. So this is the point. I think many of us know what our purpose is. If we ask ourselves, what makes me incredibly mad? When I see it, I want to cry. Maybe it's when you go to the beach, you see a bunch of litter and you cry about it. Oh, I can't believe people are doing this to the earth. Maybe that's part of your calling. Maybe you have always had trouble in relationships. You focused and studied relationships to the point where you know them at a deep level. Maybe that's your purpose to help other people. I think what gets mixed up is purpose and vehicle. The purpose is the goal. The vehicle is how you deliver it. I think a lot of us are more tapped in with our purpose than we realize. We just don't believe the vehicle is possible. I really believe that at a deep level because- Is it any coincidence that when I start talking to people, they say, you know what? I think I'm going to start a podcast. No, it's they didn't realize that vehicle either existed or was possible for them yet. I really believe there's purpose in vehicle. And I think many people just don't know what vehicle to drive yet. That's not about, I mean, yeah, of course it's going to be internal, uh, finding your purpose. It's, it's in the sentence. It's your, it Mm. belongs to you. And there are differences between people, but I think in order to discover who you are, you need some assistance and guidance in the world to allow you to explore options. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people don't chase their purpose is because they don't have the facility or the opportunity to. Mm. And I think it's the role of you know the government, the parent, the responsible, or sorry, the entity responsible for that uh, human to help them um, reach self-actualization and uh, fulfill themselves internally and externally in whatever way it it is. And I think that's why a lot of people also tend, they end up in jobs they don't like. Because it's it's not about, it's not that they don't, whoa, 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 hold your horses, guys. Now, I personally got confused listening to this uh, recording as I was, you know, editing and putting everything together. So I'm not sure what you guys are going to think about it. Now, you guys will probably get confused as well. So what I'm trying to do here is a voiceover and I'm trying to re-explain my ideas and thoughts just to make things a little bit more coherent than they should be. And then after I'm done, you know, we'll resume the episode. So, you know, Kevin said that the way he found his purpose was by looking at, and 
maybe not looking, but reflecting on himself and on his past experiences to try and spot some common uh, maybe behaviors and try to spot what he likes and what he doesn't like uh, throughout the different experiences that he had throughout his lifetime. Now, my idea was that you know, to find your purpose, you might need a little bit of guidance from people who are around you to tell you. Because sometimes people see things differently from a third perspective. And there are some things that you won't be able to spot just by trying to remember what you went through in the past and how you behaved. That is not always clear and that is not always possible. So, um, I mean, if you look at the football players, the way they improve their performance is by looking at video recordings. Now, if I had someone recording me 24-7, then yes, I'd be able to look back at the different experiences that I had, you know, the highlights, analyze it, and, and try to spot what I, what, what I used to be passionate about in the past. But that is not feasible. Let's be, like, let's be honest with ourselves over here. So uh, I think external intervention might be required sometimes from people who are uh, maybe um, who are close to you, let's say family and uh, close friends, and they could tell you what you or they could help you uh, to see things differently and try to spot what is it that you're most interested in and they might try to set a different path to you and you never know that might actually lead to you finding the thing you are passionate about. Now, I remember my, if I, I used to, I never thought about being a software engineer and I think I've mentioned that before and it, uh, it, I, I was confused when I was applying, um, trying to decide my subjects back in school. Um, on what to choose because I didn't know what I wanted to study. I did not have exposure. So my dad, you know, he took the time to introduce me to software engineering. And then I took some extra courses to try and see whether that was the thing for me. But, you know, there was some external intervention to help me to open my eyes towards something that is completely uh, different, that is completely, um, or at that time, it wasn't expected. And yeah, no, I think, I think schools, uh, education systems, uh, people who are responsible for, um, any child or any person, um, any entity, basically, uh, not any entity, you know, that was the, the wrong term to choose here. But, you know, the person, the, the people who are responsible for you at such a young age, I think there is some responsibility there to help you explore different options. Uh, allow you to experience what it's like being in different fields and that might allow you to choose your purpose now how are we supposed to choose with no exposure I think that was the idea that I was trying to convey and I did it really badly so I really apologize but yeah we'll we'll get back to the interview now I think that when we think of a job that's a vehicle mm -hmm. like we don't choose most of us, and this is what you're saying, most of us don't choose jobs saying, oh yeah, this is part of my purpose. We say, well, this is a vehicle for finance. And yes. I think that's where a lot of people are getting stuck is you might, okay, what is everybody's purpose kind of? Really? It's to help the world. It really mm -hmm. is. Like if you look at people who are living their purpose, they're having a positive impact on the world. I think where people get stuck. So if I said, what is your purpose? You might say, well, I'm not entirely sure, but I know I want to make the world a better place. Awesome. If I said, what's your vehicle? You might say, no idea. I have no yeah. clue. Okay, cool. Why do you want to make the world a better place? Well, when I was growing up, 
this happened to me. Okay, cool. Um, how do you think you could create a vehicle for that? Not sure yet. Okay, cool. Give me a couple examples of how you've been in alignment with your purpose in the past. This, this, and this. Okay, cool. So I really think it is a, it is a deep exploration of your past, but I think people get stuck in the, I wanted to start a podcast so I could help people. The vehicle was the podcast, but I didn't believe it was possible. I didn't believe it was a sustainable vehicle that I could fuel and get to a destination in. I think that's where a lot of people are living. How, how am I going to turn my, my love for the earth into a business? Not, I love the earth. I think a lot of people realize that. But I do understand your point. If you're, again, I'm a privileged, I'm a white man in the freest country in the world. So my opportunities are vast compared to, to others. And my opportunities to explore and make certain um, negative choices that reflect in a different way. So I understand it might not be that way for everybody. And I can only speak to my own experience, which makes it obviously a challenge. Yeah, well, that's actually really good the way you explained your thought or like your thought process, because uh, the next question I was going to ask is how do you become more conscious? How do you know? Um, how do you become more aware of what you've experienced, what you want to experience, and how, or as you've said, the vehicle that I should ride in order to reach my destination. Mm. Well, I think, of, yeah. No, one sorry. of the best it, questions it, is why. Ask mm. if you, when you get done this interview, yeah. ask, why did I lose my train of thought? What happened? Did Kevin, like, did I get triggered? Did I get, you know, what, whatever it may be. Why did that happen? Then that is a new piece of awareness that you will have forever and then next time something else happens, you can ask why, and you keep digging. I think why, it's the easiest question in the world. And kids, you know, little kids ask it so often. You're like, come on, stop asking why. But I think if you can ask that in everything, why did my microphone cut out? It makes you go look for a new, it makes you go look for a new answer. That's what the power of why does. So the simplest form is ask yourself why before, after, during every decision experience you have. I think you'll understand yourself at a deeper level if you can answer it. Mm, yeah, that, that's actually a perfect answer. But yeah, I do know why my train of thoughts are getting... I'm, I do know why I'm losing my train of thoughts. It's long day. It's a long day and we have like a lot of submissions coming soon. And all I can do is just think about these submissions and what I need to do. Mm. That's one of probably one of my worst qualities, I would say. It's not being able to separate uh, work from life mm. and that sometimes get in the way where I'm out with people and yet I'm distracted thinking about what I want to do how can I solve this problem I mean that is great sometimes it does work I'm like outside I hit the gym I'm thinking about um, the problem while I'm working out but because mm. I'm you know when you're working out and you when you've worked out for a long period of time it's all about becomes more of like a muscle memory uh, you do challenge yourself and when I'm being challenged I, um, I, I do focus more on the movements that I'm doing, but building up to that challenge, I have some time to reflect, like I'm warming up, I'm stretching. This is my quiet time. This is the time where I get uh, with my thoughts. I sit alone, think out loud, and then boom, I reach, I, I come up with a conclusion, I reach yeah. a solution. Um, but it becomes really annoying when I'm trying to have a conversation just like with you. And all I can do is think about the problem that I'm having and how much time I have, when should I finish this, when, I should, when should I finish that. I really like planning things. And so that gets in the way sometimes of trying to live a, a little bit freely. 
but that that is having the ability to i guess like cope with whatever is happening to you is is really good when it comes to opening a business starting your own business because mm -hmm. it beca it comes with a lot of challenges right oh I mean, yeah you've probably course. faced like a million until you've reached well, how many listeners do you have now per episode approximately uh so we did we had twenty five thousand listens last month so wow. it really like nice. we go yeah we go so we're getting more listens in a day than we did in the first year like we had 3,500 listens yesterday, which is great, which is great. But to your point, it's been brutal. It's been mm. brutal. It's it's the most challenging thing in the world, growing a business, a virtual business, and having a 17-person team and doing seven, uh, seven episodes a week. Like That's a lot. There's a lot going on. But to your point, my personal development set point has to keep rising. I will only be as successful as my personal development set point allows me to. And that's why you have to know yourself at a deep level. You have to know your strengths and your room for improvements that you just stated so well. That's that's self-awareness in a nutshell. And it's it's beautiful. The fact that you can put your finger on that is super powerful. Yeah. 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 I love this song. You know, this is my jam. And you know, when you hear this song, we are moving on to an intermission. It's the time to relax, time to chill, time to get a cup of coffee and time to recharge before we move on to the next segment. I hope you've had the time. I mean, you can take some time here to reflect on what has been said. And if you do have any opinions, you know that we are here to listen. We want to hear your opinion about everything that has been said. And if you do have one, please, 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 please do send it to us on our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, email addresses, or even on our YouTube channel, We've mentioned those before, and I'll give them again. Twitter at THL underscore podcast. Instagram, The Hilo Podcast. YouTube, The Hilo Podcast. And email, The Hilo Podcast at gmail.com. Let's enjoy this song. Yeah. Hope you have a, you're having a nice day, and I hope it's filled with interesting events. I want to know what you guys are up to. Uh, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm on a radio talk right now, Meh, just getting you guys ready for the next song, but... Yeah, we all know we're moving on to the next segment. And I'll tell you what, it gets even better. I'll meet you on the other side. Yeah. Back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, so I never knew that starting an online business is going to be difficult until mm -hmm. I've... What was the first thing I've done? I started streaming on Twitch. Yeah, and I thought, oh, happy days. This is going to be easy, you know? <laughs> Give me a couple of weeks and I'll have at least uh, three. I'm going to give you a random number. I can't really remember the actual number that I've put. Let's say 100 followers and I'm going to make $100. And little did I know that eight hours of streaming a day is not going to do it. Mm. There needs it needs more time. It needs more energy. There's a lot that needs to be done. I was like, I'll start a podcast. I, I can finally take the time to do the thing I love, and you know, it's going to be easy. But getting online is so difficult, and getting noticed is so difficult. Oh yeah, especially when you're competing not only in the local market, but you're going abroad. You're competing against people who might be better than you, who might have better conversations than you. I mean, I. I was a bit hesitant at first because I 
um, I was really nervous. I didn't know whether this was going to work, um, uh, whether I'm going to be able to hold a conversation or sustain it for an entire hour. For me, that was uh, the number one issue for starting mm -hmm. a podcast. Number two was my friends making fun of me. But then I told myself, so what? So be it. I'm actually doing something that makes me happy. And I'm getting, I'm, I'm placing a foot in the online world and the cyber world. And that might uh, benefit me someday. Mm. It's hard. The, the circle thing, like people making fun of you for chasing your dreams. It's such a hard part of it. But you know what it is? It's interesting because I think a lot of people, there's a couple ways to go. One, people tell you not to chase your dreams because they're afraid you're going to fail because they think they'd fail. And that's, I have, I have empathy for that. That's one part. Two, people see you chasing your dreams and it's a, it's a subconscious mirror for the fact that they're not chasing theirs yet. I'll tell you this. We had a lot of people who quote unquote made fun of us in the beginning and they've reached out to me since many times and had nothing but kind things to say. So to your point, anytime you're starting something new, there is an opportunity for resistance, but hopefully, and I don't want to say you'll get the last laugh, but it'll be worth it. That's the goal that I want everybody to feel. It will ultimately be worth it, even though everybody else thought maybe it was a joke in the beginning. And you know what I told what I told my dad when I first started? I told him, so what it fails? I've put in like $50 into yeah. this. It's number one, it's not that much money. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's I told my dad, I'm, I'm learning, I'm gonna learn a lot. I'm gonna learn how to communicate with people. I'm gonna learn, you know, how to cope with failure and how to quote unquote, find my purpose. I'm gonna learn how to sustain a healthy relationship. If I do talk about relationships, whatever topic it might be, I'm gonna learn something from it. And that was my that, that's what keeps me going. Actually, is just learning. I yeah. love it when when I see others who have struggled make it because that just shows there's opportunity, there's potential in this world. Um, and that just makes me happy. Mm. And what is failure? Like, how would you fail? Like, okay, you don't make $100,000 or, you know, the fact that you just took away eight wins, it, there's no way you could possibly fail. You're already winning. Even if nothing happens from here, you're already winning. So, it's interesting. You you just have a very unique perspective, which is great, which is great. A lot of people don't. It's like, well, if I don't have X by X, I'm not winning. If you're learning, you're winning because that you can take with you forever. Yeah, that brought me to the next topic. I was, get, I was just going to ask you, how would you define or what is your definition of failing? Because Oh, man. Yeah, it could, it could be taken both ways. It could Some people could look at it in a negative perspective and tell you failing is not achieving what you want and then you reach a stage or you're depressed, you're feeling down, or you can say failing is success. It's basically a step towards success. Success is being loaded, let's say, or success mm -hmm. is in progress. And one failure after the other, you reach your destination, just like Steve Jobs. And yeah, that, that was something that I discussed with uh, a previous guest. He said, look at people who were successful or who are successful at the time being, how many times did they fail? one, two, three, four times. It took them X number of times to reach their destination. Yeah. So how, how, how would you define failure now? And was your definition different in the past? Oh, my definition in the past was anytime you make a mistake, you're a failure and that's the end of the road. Now, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I believe more in mistakes than failures. I, a failure suggests that it's the end. Right. Like when we talk about, you know, it had engine failure, the engine stopped working, not the engine had a, 
you know, it had a mistake or it had a, it stalled. No, the engine failed, AKA it stopped working. I believe that failure is only failure if it's final. That's what I believe. I think everything else is a potential mistake, but it's also an opportunity for growth. I don't really care about, uh, I won't, let me reframe. I don't enjoy making mistakes. I still have times where I get triggered and it's like, oh my God, I suck. I should have known better. What I really don't like is if I make the same mistakes over and over again, because that means I haven't learned the lesson yet. So I think there's a difference between a mistake and a mistake that you make repeatedly. But yeah. Failure to me is final. Uh, we have a, we call it failing forward. Jeffing forward is what we say. Jeffing is to fail in our community for some reason, but we literally had a competition when we were selling tickets to one of our events to who could get the most rejections. Whoever gets the most rejections gets a $100 Amazon gift card. No questions asked. Because it means you're trying. Mm. If you're failing a lot, that probably means you're trying a lot. And I really think the people who are the most successful, the people who have succeeded more than you have most likely also failed more than you. And that's an understanding that I definitely didn't have in the beginning. But I do understand now. People say, oh, you have... 1100 podcast episodes like you must be awesome you know how many times i failed along the way probably 1100 times every episode there's room for improvement always so what has gotten me to this point has also stopped other people from getting to this point making mistakes along the way yeah i i agree i've experienced and still experiencing failure i used to be like you actually in the past mm -hmm. i used to get really frustrated when i do make a mistake and it used to get in my head for a very long period of time. And I used to keep telling myself, oh, you, you failed at this, you failed at that. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? I was asking myself the wrong questions until I've had the switch. And I, I don't actually recall that I, I consciously or sorry, consciously told myself that you need to stop this. It just happened over time with experience. And I guess when uh, I, I started noticing it, when I went to university, that I've had this switch in my mentality. I'm like, I'm not asking myself, why aren't you good? I'm asking myself, how can you be good? And I started going onto YouTube, looking at videos, trying X, Y, and Z until I find a method that works for me in that given situation. It's really interesting what a person can do if they just change the way they perceive things. Do you believe that any person could get out of this, let's say, um, deep end or this black hole and move towards the bright side or are there certain situations where a person can be stuck and it would be really really challenging and emotionally and physically draining to move or to sorry like to dig yourself out of this hole i think regardless it's going to be emotionally and physically draining but i think it probably i used to think anything was possible for anyone and I think I wanted to believe that. Like the world's a place and there's so many people. Like if you, there's a way to figure it out. But I think I've also realized through studying people in enough time that there are some, so I just think of it as like the odds. I mean, if you're born, say you're, you live in a place in the world where there's no electricity, it's going to be very hard to be successful as compared to me where I have the internet all the time. Wherever I go, I have the internet. So I, I think it's possible, but I think it's way more statistically challenging. And if you asked me that five years ago, I would have said, no, if you believe in it enough and you're willing to grind enough, like you can find a way. Yeah, you can find a way, but 
the percentage of people that are going to be able to do it, I think is probably lower than I ever, I ever realized. And that's why those stories stick out. I'm a huge fan of mixed martial arts. And there's a fighter named uh, Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou used to dig like ditches in, I don't know if it was Nigeria or Cameroon. I think it was Cameroon. He literally like walked his way across the desert, ended up in Paris, was homeless, and then went on to become one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. That is so statistically rare. That's why it's so amazing. So I'd like to say, yeah, anybody could do anything, but I think there are limitations. And I think circumstantially, some people have a head start and some people are really, really put into a tough position. Now, do I think you can improve? Yes. I mean, I think there's always a way to improve, but I do think ceilings are personal and some ceilings are circumstantial, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the world is not perfect, right? Nothing is. Uh, yeah. But I guess it's the role of uh, people who are in charge to make sure that everyone has an equal chance to rise or climb that ladder of success. Yeah. Well, and I've said it before, I would like to see opportunity from uh, governments providing people with opportunity to excel, providing people with opportunity to chase their dreams while, st while still having the ability to live comfortably, because I think that's the number one concern is money. Because without money, you're, yeah. you're struggling. You are going to struggle, unfortunately, in this world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was nice having you, Kevin. I know th this is probably... I'd have to say and apologize here because this is not my best performance. I'm just You're like good. so distracted and no, no I would like to no apologize worries. for that. I appreciate uh, the humility. I appreciate the ownership, but I think it was a wonderful conversation and we went deep and I'm happy to go deep. So I appreciate it genuinely. Well, thank you. Um, do you have any last words for the audience or maybe if they would like to get in touch with you personally or if they want to listen to your podcast, what are the platforms? What is your or like what are your social media accounts, et cetera? Yeah. yeah, our podcast is called Next Level University. So like I said, we have 1,100 episodes. We do an episode every single day. And our jam is holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. So we have very deep conversations like this, but we can also occasionally talk about sales or whatever we believe is going to help you at a deep level. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you need, just DM me. My handle is at neverquitkid on Instagram. I'm happy to get back to to everybody who DMs me. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you very much, Kevin. My pleasure. Have a good one. You too. Well, this brings us to the end of our episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, as usual, we always end it the same way. You are more than welcome to give us any um, advice on how to improve the podcast. You guys are more than welcome uh, to follow any of our social media accounts that we've mentioned before. Um, this includes Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you can even send us an email. Um, so we're, we're just everywhere at the moment and we're trying to pick it up. We're trying to improve. So it really means a lot for us to listen to any of your reviews or any comments. Make sure to leave them. We will read them and we will take them into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be part of the podcast and part of the Hilo team, you're more than welcome to do so. I mean, just send us an, um, an application or send us an email explaining what position you would like and we'll be more than happy to discuss it. Uh, that's all for now. Till next time.